Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mitchell's back out in Charleston this week. Last time we were in Charleston playing golf at the Links of Stona Ferry, they had legitimate horses in a horse farm right next to the 8th tee, where we also started the Bevcart Lady and spent $500. Mitchell, being as drunk as he was, decided to pet the horses. It sounded something like this. Such a boy. Oh, such a boy. Oh. That's fucking And then the owners came out, and we had to immediately leave the tea box. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to this week's edition of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and one of the premier sponsors of the Waste Management Phoenix Open, Wasted Management, as most like to call it, which Mitchell and I will be at next week for a ton of content. Wednesday, Pro-Am will be there Saturday, uh, hopefully on 16. Uh, we'll be just down there with some of the PHNX guys, um, supposed to be, be credentialed to this thing, so it's uh, I don't know how they let, are going to let us get those, but we're going to sneak in behind the ropes and uh, see what kind of trouble we can cause. No, we're going to be very professional, but... Uh, the other times that we're in Arizona, we are not going to be as professional. We're going to enjoy it, have a good time, uh, play a few rounds of golf, do some course reviews, all that kind of stuff. So, And after the snow here today um, that I'm looking at in Denver, I'm getting pretty jealous of uh, my co-host Mitchell here at Big Drive Mitch, who's currently down in South Carolina. What's up, dude? How was uh, the travel down there and how is, how's the weather there? It's um, got to be better than here. I just froze my tits off taking my dogs out. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's actually really nice. It's supposed to be 70 today, um, so it's supposed to be, like, on point. But I will say that they got a cold front last week, 
and it was like a high of 45 out here. So I, I just got lucky with the weather this week. I mean, it's supposed to be mint like today, um, 70 and then the next couple of days, 65. So we're, uh, we're playing the, the Charleston, um, municipal, which is, was redesigned a couple years ago. And it's an original, like Seth Rayner. They did like a Seth Rayner redesign. Um, so it's, uh, <clears throat> it's supposed to be super good. Um, and it's right there basically on the, the coast or right on the, I guess I would say on the, I don't know what that body of water is. It, it ends up in the ocean, <laughs> but it's not like on the coast coast. It's like on the, the, I don't know, like the edge of the city, but kind of on the coast. Um, so I'll definitely be making some content out there today, getting some, some videos, some, uh, pictures and stuff for, to make a, a TikTok that we want to, we kind of want to go in that direction to start doing some course reviews and other things on TikTok. So keep an eye out for that, but I'm probably going to have about 10 vodka cranberries. So I'll also document some of that. Cause that's just what I've been vibing on lately. Um, the flight out here wasn't horrible. Dude, I didn't realize this. I was on a United Express flight. Like the plane was like a two two seater on both sides. It was oh tiny. damn, that's fire though. It's either window or aisle. Well, exactly, but it, it almost had like the private jet feel, except for there was just like about if it held ninety five hundred people, there was about ninety five too many people on it. Like I just, I was like, this thing's fucking tiny, and so it it didn't make like I legitimately didn't have a seat in front of me because I was the first row behind first class. So there was only one seat in front of me and it was on the window and I was on the aisle. So it was weird. I was kind of like facing straight down the aisle, like super exposed. And you know how I like to, uh, I usually, if I fall asleep, I end up snoring. I was like, I can't do this here. Like this is, I'm just fully exposed to everybody on this plane. If I'm sawing logs in the aisle seat, then every literally the whole fucking plane is going to hear it. So Oh no. Uh, So you got those, those plane nerves. Yeah. I stayed awake for the the whole flight. I had one drink. Um, so not, nothing too crazy, but then the landing like in those tiny planes is fucking rough, dude. I swear there wasn't that much wind and it felt like, it felt like we were like, a um, uh, what do you, what are those things you fly in the wind? (laughs) Fucking Uh, kite. A a kite. That's what it felt (laughs) Like it was like the wind was just like pulling us left, pulling us right. And I was like, Jesus, get this fucking thing on the ground. So it wasn't like the smoothest landing ever, but I made it here in one piece. So just thankful to see another day. Um, and then uh, Oliver cooked us some, some burgers on the Blackstone last night. I've never, never seen the Blackstone in action. Have you seen those Spencer? Say that, say that again. You kind of cut the, out there for the Blackstone grill. Have you ever seen I, those? I think so. I think uh, our, our CEO of DNVR, Brandon Spano, has one of those. He made oh, us yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. He made that's us dinner. Cooks. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so that's the only other time I've I've seen it then is he, he made us fajitas on the Blackstone, but Oliver made smash burgers on the Blackstone last night. Super fucking good. And then had a little too much whiskey, but, you know, it's whatever. And so then today just, we're playing. That's oh. just typical. That's just typical you. Um, we'll get into a little story time actually here as well. Uh, so. Uh, Mitchell saying he had only one drink on a plane is probably due to COVID restrictions because this guy, I swear to God, this guy, I get like serious anxiety flying with him because 
this guy starts drinking, has to pee like every five minutes, gets up on the plane. One time we were flying to South Carolina, actually, and we connected in Baltimore. And uh, when we connected in Baltimore, we ended up eating at like Chipotle or something like that, just waiting for our next flight. And we were basically screaming at each other half drunk in the in the airport because Mitchell got up so many times and and I was apparently being a dick about it. But I just like get that like flight anxiety where like I I'll. I'll hold in a pee on a flight. Like, so I don't have to get up, walk down the aisle, squeeze between flight attendants and then fucking sit in that tiny ass bathroom where I can barely like take my pants down to pee. Like, it's just a mess. And Mitchell just gets up. Mitchell gets up 42 times and it's fine. Yeah. Well, I will admit one other time we were going out to San Francisco for the Niners Broncos game. And then we were playing Harding park and I'm not like super proud, but I got so drunk on the plane. I forgot my bag on the plane and I like tried to walk back on. And they're like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? I was like, I forgot my fucking bag, like freaking out. Cause I, I just kind of like misplaced it and then just walked off without it. And luckily the, the flight attendant was able to grab it for me, but that's generally like a huge no, no, I guess you really can't like get back on the plane once you're off the plane. Like they, that's just like a hard no. So luckily I got my bag, but yeah, I've, I've been known to have a, a few drinks on the, the plane, especially on the way to a, a trip. Cause that's the most fun. You know, you're all jazzed up for the, for the plane ride. Well, my flight was also at 9am yesterday, so not quite the most conducive drinking conditions. Uh, but if yeah, you're tough enough, was... any, any conditions or drinking conditions <laughs> for us. <laughs> that's pretty true. Yeah. I, I did. I won't lie. I did have two at the, uh, at the bar before my flight at about 8 15 so it's never too early it's never too early to drink it's just too early to drink certain things like you have like (laughs) you have like the hours of the day where it's like only vodka crayon or screwdriver or bloody mary and then you get into the time where it's a little more acceptable to drink beer and vodka sodas and margaritas and things like that but you just have times during the day it's not it's not like you can ever drink too early or too late yeah, well, and also I will say it's never too early to drink at a golf course or an airport. Those are the, those are like two places that are just off limits. Like time doesn't exist. You yeah, just, one of, it's one of, the, one of the actually greatest stories I have from working at, at the Valley of Fun is these two dudes, which ironically one of them used to go to high school with us in Elizabeth. They rolled in for a five thirty a.m. tea time once. Uh, or fight well they rolled in they had the 6 a.m tea time it was like fall so it wasn't even like it was still barely light out at 6 a.m we were gonna have a frost delay and we didn't have anybody in the bar there and they wanted to order like five like a six pack of beer and then like two red bull vodkas and i'm like jesus you guys are fucking nuts i'm like barely in work on time drinking like 17 coffees and they're like well fuck man we were we work at the airport we actually just got off our night shift and rolled right here so totally different life for uh, for some people like that where their their evening and sleep time is like noon to two and then they yeah. they go hard at 5 30 in the morning although it is tough to find alcohol other than a golf course or that early in the morning i mean i think it's technically illegal but you know yeah i don't we're not incriminating spring valley i didn't serve them any <laughs> drinks or anything yeah i not mean inc- if, if you're well in anyone Spencer, listening to this pod has to sign an, N- an nda currently right now <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's been some times where we have not been able to get alcohol on a golf course or whatever because of a local law. It's like, fuck your local law. Give me some booze. But 
and we we're not, we're not huge rule followers. Well, we are huge proponents of spending money on the beverage cart because, as you know, our mom works on the beverage cart. So we always spend money at golf courses, even though bringing your own alcohol is illegal. You have to have it in case certain situations like this arise. And I was flipping bags the other day for our trip, going back to my uh, my Cobra bag, and I found a half a bottle of Tito's in there. So I definitely left that in there. Um, also, a random we drinking- shooter of Jack Daniels. So that's cool. <laughs> I think we were drinking Tito's and water at Kiowa, like legit, just psycho, like fucking straight jacket status, just mixing Tito's with straight up water and just drinking it like it was water. Well, that's what happens when you don't see the beverage cartel, the ninth hole. I mean, you got it. When we're, when we're golfing, we're drinking and when we're drinking, we're not always golfing. So, but that's, that's, (laughs) that's how it goes. You, you, if you're not going to see a beverage cart for that long, we're going to find our own libations. Exactly. You got to be ready to perform in any conditions. You know, you can't, you can't wait for somebody. You got to, you got to put your own mask on before assisting others. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Mitchell, Mitchell's also out in South Carolina because uh, this is kind of a a plug. Um, But if you guys ever want to go out to Beaufort, South Carolina, we now own a two bedroom, one bath house um down there in Beaufort so if you ever go into the Beaufort music festival or anything like that just hit us up we are going to Airbnb the shit out of that and also be able to go travel there whenever we want and chill so Mitchell's going to go uh see that house today we got it pretty much under contract and ready to rock so yeah we're closing on it on February 11th so uh we're hoping to have it on the rental market by early March and it's going to be pretty badass yeah big big moves Big moves for the <laughs> moves for being big, made. Big drive Real energy G's moves. Moving silence like lasagna, but <laughs> this is kind of breaking our silence. So uh, whatever, who cares? Should we talk about some golf? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some real golf. So uh, first of all, we want to start with before we get into recapping the Farmers Insurance Open, which was electric playoff, absolutely electric. Want to talk a little bit about the AP world tour uh formerly known as the european tour and mitchell uh, you talk a little bit about just the talent that's out there and i got i kind of got a few stats as well but just what they're doing over on the ap world tour and the players that they're getting as far as worldwide rankings to play in these different places because the uh, american golf is obviously huge and you know with our beat down at the Ryder cup we still have some pull but there's so many other players from around the world that are that are so good that no one here in America knows about and kind of talk about you've been over to Europe kind of talk about the difference between the European tour and the PGA tour and as well as like what makes people want to play in those tournaments versus you know what I mean just kind of talk about the the difference of the AP world tour and the PGA tour yeah I mean ultimately it's like a different culture over there it's very um I would I would say it's a lot more welcoming and there's even been a lot of guys that have spoken on it about the uh, about the difference in the tours, but there's a lot more camaraderie over on the the former European Tour now AP World Tour. Um, a lot of guys are closer; they travel together, um, they stick together a lot more. Like over here in America, you've got your your team. Like everybody, everybody's their own individual because they have eight to ten to twelve people on their team, quote unquote. They've got their physio, they've got their their mental guy, they've got their swing coach, they've got their, you know, all of these different components, they've got their agent. So over here, it's much more individual and it's kind of every man for themselves type of thing. 
And over there, they just seem to have a lot more camaraderie and a lot more fun, like cheering each other on. They're always, and I mean, you see some of that on the PGA Tour, but it just seems a lot more individualized over here. Um, like a lot of those guys will over in Europe, they'll all book the same flights together and they'll fly together or they'll they'll all pitch in on like a private jet together and fly from place to place together. And and honestly, like the amount of different demographics that you get to experience over there and the amount of different countries and cultures that you you get to to see and you get to taste the different foods and see the different uh, sites like it's much more diverse over there than it is here like. So you go to fucking California here and then you go to Florida and then you go to Texas and then you do your Midwest swing and then you go to the majors. Like, I mean, it's, it, I, I don't want to talk shit about the PG tour, but it's, it's relatively vanilla compared to what you see over on the European tour where you're going from France one week to Scotland the next week to uh, Dubai to Switzerland to Italy, you know, you're going to the Netherlands, you're, there's so many different cultures and then you're going over to um, I th they play a few events later in the season in like China and Japan. And um, there's just so much more cultural diversity over on that tour. Uh, the one big downside um, is that they just, they travel so far that they do. Um, it, I'm sure it's much easier or it's much easier in America to get acclimated to a two or three hour time change than it is a four to five hour time change over there. So um, it's, it's a little bit different in that aspect, but me personally, if I could make it out there, um, I would like, and money was no object, whatever, I would definitely choose the, the European tour over the PGA tour. Um, so it's really, it, it really just is attracting um, a lot of guys, especially like with this, at the beginning of every season when the guys like we've talked about guys that want to maintain status on both tours, they need, I think it's six tournaments they need to play in to maintain their status on the European tour or AP world tour. Um, yeah. My fault. I, call it, I called it the AP world tour earlier. It's the DP world tour. Okay. That shouldn't be hard to remember the DP, um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think it just seems like a lot of fun over there and all those guys just love cheering each other on and um, they just have a really good time with it over there. And so I, uh, I think it's definitely attractive to a lot of like Victor Hovland, like Spencer, read that tweet real quick about who they had in the field this week. So first of all, Victor Hovland, this is officially becoming like a Victor Hovland stand podcast. This guy has started his, his last five tournaments worldwide and won three of them, including this past weekend at the Dubai Desert Classic. No, correction, the Dubai Desert Classic. No, yes, he did. Yeah, so Victor Hovland won the Dubai, Dubai Desert Classic, which is his third win in five starts. And now he's already he's climbed his way all the way up to number three in the official world golf ranking just by playing on this DP World Tour. And it's not like... There's a ton of players that aren't like, it's not like they're, he's playing against easy competition. Let's put it that way. I'm sure some of the DP world tour events don't have as much as far as world ranking wise and standing wise and points. I'd have to look that up to be specific on that. I may be just well, talking to my ass. I, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but the crazy thing is over there is there is some, and we've actually talked about it, but there's some more obscure events that actually carry is just as much weight as a PGA tour event in terms of world golf rankings and, and 
world points and stuff, but they just don't have the purse that the PJ tour has. So that's kind of um, a major difference, but yeah, I mean, look what Hovland has done in the last two couple months over in Europe. I mean, he's, he was outside, wasn't he outside of the top 10? I think he was like just outside of the top 10 to begin this European swing or this uh, little United Arab, Arab Emirates swings. I think they were out there for a couple events. Um, and now he's third in the world. So he's just catapulted himself up the leaderboard or up the world ranking board like crazy. And it's kind of flies under the radar over here in America, really. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll get into talking about the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am later this week. But I saw this tweet last uh, from a golf writer and quote tweeted it. If you don't follow us on Twitter at Big Drive Energy, get on that, follow it. But so this week's this is from Jason Sobel. Uh, who's a golf writer for the action network and he hosts like a PGA tour show on um, Sirius XM. But uh, this week's AT&T Pebble beach field has one. And these are world golf ranking uh, world golf rankings, of course, not just like speculatory. Oh, I, you know, like we can get into the argument of who's the best, who's a top 10 quarterback, who's a top 10, blah, blah, blah. These are official world golf rankings based on points that these players earn throughout the year through different tournaments that they play. But this week's AT&T Pebble beach field has one top 10 player in the world, three top 20 players and 10 top 50 players. This week's field at the Saudi international has three top 10 players, six top 20, and 21, almost half of the world's top 50 players are playing this week at the Saudi International. Now, some of them are already over there, but is do you think this is more of a case of like the Saudi International is a really good tournament or the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am with its setup is one of those things that players just don't really want to play in? Is that is that a possibility? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think a lot of guys would turn down the chance to play pebble just because it's that good. And I mean, it's obviously world renowned as one of the top places in, in the world really to play golf. But I think the way they, they take care of the guys over in Saudi and the way that like those guys get treated like royalty when they're there and they get all the top accommodations that, you know, they're eating all the best food in the world. They're, they're just really taken care of so well that, and like, like you said, it could be a factor with some guys where they don't prefer the pro-am format, um, you know, and like I said, once again, if they're trying to maintain the European tour status, like why not go play in a, a warm place over in, in Saudi, as opposed to uh, playing on the, the coast of California, where it's probably going to be in the mid, mid to high fifties, maybe low sixties with that, that coastal wind and, you're wearing jackets and quarter zips and all this, or you can go over and play in Saudi where the, I'm sure the, uh, the purse is pretty stacked and you get taken care of like you're, you're the King when you play over there. So definitely some different contributing factors. Yeah. And so this is, uh, I just saw this, this is a runner up for uh, tweet of the week. Our, our tweet of the week will come later in our, in this segment, in this podcast, but uh, a runner up for tweet of the week, which I just saw, which might have won if we didn't already lock something in. Um, this is from just a caddy at loopers pro shop on Twitter. And it was in response to that Jason Sobel tweet talking about how many top 10 players were in the Saudi field and top 20, top 50, whatever, versus the 18 T Pebble beach pro am. And he goes, he responds to Jason Sobel and goes, 
You mean the top players aren't chomping at the bit to spend six hours a day pretending to enjoy watching the CFO of Pud's Banco Corps walk it around? <laughs> uh, exactly. That that is that's another knock. You are right. That, like that's hilarious. But also, when you do have these pro am setups, you can have any Joe schmo off the street that wants to pay. I think it's twenty five thousand dollars or something ridiculous like that to go play with a PGA tour guy. And, and really none of those guys give a Baker's fuck about any of these CFOs, these ultra rich dudes that can't play golf or shit and want to want to basically buy their way into, into this field to be able to chew the PGA tour guys ear off about this and that and ask them a million questions, you know, like, I don't think they could give a shit. They're worried about, their job and going out there and trying to make money. So yeah, that is great. <laughs> That's it's very true. It, it's relevant. Big runner up for tweet of the week, but we will, we will come at you at that segment a little later. Uh, let's jump into a recap of last weekend at the <clears throat> farmer's insurance open. Uh, first of all, great job by the PGA tour uh, in setting this up to where it finishes on a Saturday because They, unlike baseball, unlike a lot of other sports that just don't seem to get it as much is they're not, they, I guarantee you, I don't, I didn't see the ratings. I'm not a big ratings guy, but I guarantee you that 95% of people that had their TVs on in America on Sunday from 1 PM, well, 1 PM or 3 PM Eastern time till 8 PM when the Niners Rams game finished up, had it on football. And why do you want to try to compete with your, your ratings with the NFL? Like the NFL is king here in America. We know that judging just by, just by ratings and just by what everybody knows. I mean, it's fairly simple. Um, But the, the PGA tour decided to do that. And they also talked about doing that from in this next coming season, which will this coming golf season, but also year starting doing that in September and just every Sunday, instead of filling, trying to fight for ratings with, you know, everybody's favorite NFL team, finishing every tournament on a Saturday, getting them into a kind of a schedule where that happens. Because as far as I could tell from the broadcast, from what the players said, a lot of people loved ending the tournament on Saturday. They they thought it ended up being really cool. The only tough part for a lot of the guys they said was the quick turnaround. Now, granted only, they only had to go from California to California. So I think it was a good week to try to do it, but finishing up a tournament on a Sunday, like so you're saying they didn't did. leave. The, I don't, I wouldn't say they're going from California to California. I think you mean they're staying in California. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. My, fucking, my, my coffee hasn't quite kicked in yet. Um, but the, uh, basically they didn't have to travel a ton. Like if this would be tougher, if you're going, uh, from, you know, one state to another, exactly out of state. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking pretty simple, pretty simple. Uh, once again, this is not a geography podcast. We've gone over this multiple times. All I know is they left California and they, they went to California. (laughs) Um, Oh my God, you're such a dumbass. but it, they would once if they decided to do that from September when football starts through early into the next golf season and also into the next year, um, they would be able to they would be able to get on more of a schedule and have more time for 
for days off uh, and, and have more time to travel and have more time to get practice rounds in stuff like that. So I really think it was a good job by the PGA tour and not, not competing with ratings because I mean, I was glued to the TV on Saturday afternoon watching the finale, but I'm different than most people. Not everybody loves watching golf, but overall a pretty good tournament. Um, of course, getting to play at Torrey Pines, which is cool for a lot of people because especially a lot of people in California or people that have taken golf trips to California, Torrey Pines, you can just call and, and play. And it's one of the few courses on tour where you can just call the course as a public golfer and go play it. So super fun for a lot of people that I know when we watched the PGA championship last year, after getting to play TPC Harding park, which is a little more, a little tougher to get on. You kind of have like that emotional connection, like, Oh, you're looking at where pros hit it versus where you hit it, which is, in a completely different Not even realm. the same zip code. Yeah, exactly. But kind of that like connection to the golf course. And it was an incredible, just an incredible tournament as, as far as drama and as far as the players that were in the, in the turn, basically uh, I'm going to go back and look at my tweet, our tweet, excuse me, from big drive energy on, it was on Saturday and it was middle middle of the day, Saturday, a lot of drunken tweets of me, just all caps towards the end here. Oh, yeah, it was Saturday at 2.28 our time, so the players were roughly starting the back nine, and there was with 10 players within one shot of the lead. And you don't normally see that a ton at, at these PGA Tour events. You know, there's usually three to four that have a legitimate shot at winning it, but the guy that finally ended up winning it, Luke List, uh, first of all, congrats to him. Incredible, incredible story. First of all, his 207th start on the PGA tour without a win, which first of all is you have to play good golf to stay on the PGA tour. We've, we've ranted about that before. You can't sign a big contract with the PGA tour for just being a name or being whatever, like in any other sport and then have four yeah, or three to got, four you years. Gotta bring it. You got to bring it every single week. And you, you have to keep playing well. So even with, with Luke list, not winning ever in his PGA tour career, it's pretty incredible that he got to up to 207 starts without a win. And he started out Sunday. Like nobody thought he had, first of all, you don't guys that golf is just like any other sport where if you're watching NFL football this weekend, which is why, you know, the NFL is amazing and sports are just amazing in general, but you're watching that Bengals chiefs game and Bengals are down 21 to three. And you're thinking, okay, they've never been here. Um, they've, they've never, there's no, they have no chance against the chiefs who've been there, done that. And so and it's the same in golf. Like when you look at a leaderboard going into a Sunday, you're like, all right, um, you know, these guys have a chance and these guys don't. And that's why guys like Rom were up there, Zalatoris, who's won and who's just extremely hot. And unfortunately, uh, he will not be playing in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am due to COVID. But he, you, you got guys at the top that you're thinking Luke List is definitely not, not one of those guys that's going to come back and win it. And he ended up, let me see here. He, I think he was five, five shots back starting starting Saturday if you will and came all the way back to win it and the, the playoff was incredible so first of all for those of you guys that didn't watch uh on the 18th on the 18th hole par five uh Will Zalatoris had about a 12 footer up the hill 
for birdie to win the tournament, take it home in regulation. He hit the putt, which he got crushed all week for his putting, which poor guy, I, I know exactly how that feels. I know how it feels to be just an, immaculate, an immaculate ball striker, but not be able to fucking make anything on the green. So yeah, shout out to Willie Z. I, I, I get, I get your pain. Um, but he had a, like a 12 footer up the hill, broke a little bit right to left, which for, uh, right-handed golfers is just the wheelhouse, especially pros. And they, they had a perfect camera angle on the putt. And at the last second, it turned a hair to the left, just slipped out. So he ended up going into a playoff with Luke list. And I think one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen in a professional golf tournament is the first playoff hole. They both hit their drives. So they play 18 again, par five. They both hit their drives into the right bunker. And from the camera angle that you could see that they were giving us, you couldn't see exactly where the balls were right away. Uh, but once they showed the camera angle on their shots, their golf balls were roughly four inches from each other at 303 yard drives. And the balls ended up four inches from each other from two separate players. The chances of that are one in a million, maybe. Um, Dude, four and, inches is a lot, bro. You know well, I, I've been told that, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but in in golf terms you know four That's inches pretty close. four inches is pretty close so uh <laughs> luke list ended up having to hit his shot first and it was almost a situation where zalatoris could have marked his ball because they were so close together um but it was kind of funny afterwards after luke list hit his shot which is basically just a layup into the fairway zalatoris's caddy was like the the most like soft rake job I've ever seen. Just like raking around Willie Z's ball, trying to get him a good shot too, because there was ended up being a little bit of sand on his ball from Luke list shot, whatever, whatever they both hit shots into the middle of the fairway list has to go first from about 130 and he almost drains it. And if you remember a couple of years back, Phil Mickelson on that same hole had to hole out from the fairway in order to tie um, and he, and, it and, out. And he it basically lipped it out. He had his caddy tend it, which was the biggest power move in the history of golf, like 70 yard golf shot and your caddy's tending it. So you can possibly make it. Um, but list hits one, it rolls to about a foot. He hits it past the hole, zips it back, rolls to about a foot. So he's in for four, basically puts a lot of pressure on Zalatoris who seemed to handle the pressure really well all day. He had a two shot lead at one point during the back nine and he hits one to about eight, eight to 10 feet again, same exact spot that he just had a putt from long story short, long, long putter boy misses it. Uh, Luke list taps it in and wins his first tournament in 207 starts, which pretty incredible for him and his family. His daughter was there. Great story. She screamed, Hey, daddy got a trophy, which I'm sure for him, he's like, Hey, shut the fuck up. Like, I, I mean, do you know what kind of, do you know what kind of life you're going to live because of me winning winning one tournament in 207 and just playing 207 starts on the PGA tour. Um, yeah, but yeah, shout out to Luke list. Who's now fourth in the FedEx cup and jumped his over official world golf ranking up to 56 in the entire world. So that means a lot that gets you into a lot of, uh, that gets you into the world golf events that gets you gets him in a lot of different tournaments that he wouldn't have been in. And, and real quick, I will say that he has for years been one of the longest players on tour um, he's, that's what he's really known for is even when he hasn't won, obviously. So he's been dominant for years, but to finally put it all together and it's kind of cool to see, um, a little bit like ironic that he wins it. He's one of the longest players on tour and he wins his first tour win by laying up and hitting a wedge to a foot. You know, that's, 
that's doesn't seem like his style of game. So he had to probably dial it back a little bit. And the other thing real quick, um, the bullshit thing, the one I wouldn't call it bullshit, but like last year with COVID, there was no fans at Tory. So these dudes were literally blowing it into the grant. They saw the, or no, they didn't have the grandstand set up. I'm trying to think. Cause when the grandstands are set up, these guys just blow three wood path through the green. Cause there's a drop area unless you end up going through the tunnel, which I remember a dude did do. <laughs> um, and he had to drop, like, did he get relief in front of the, I, I don't remember, but it's kind of bullshit with the grandstands right there. Cause you've got all that availability. As long as you keep it in that wheelhouse and you're up against the grandstands, you're going to that drop zone, which is behind the green and gives you basically the entire green to work with. If the, the pin is that front left pin that they usually do on Sunday. So uh, yeah, not a, Kind of, kind of surprising that he he would lay up and then wedge it close considering his type of game. So I like that. Yeah, well, they had to. They with being in the bunker, they had to. They ha- both had to lay it up, which made for it made it a little more interesting because then they both they both had the exact same shot off the tee. They both had the exact same shot out of the bunker, and then they both basically had the exact same shot on the third shot into the green. And and Luke List just absolutely absolute stones so congrats to him on uh on his first win and now he'll get to play in the century tournament of champions next year in 2023 in hawaii so very cool um so moving on uh, real quick uh we'll talk about before we talk about the 18t pebble beach pro-am and the golf and the pro part of it and give you guys our picks for this week uh, i want to talk a little bit about more of the important stuff and the and the ams you know the uh cfos of uh, <laughs> Spanko burger, swatting it around, paying 25 grand. Um, so there's quite a few celebrity AMs in this field, uh, household names such as Josh Allen, Canelo Alvarez, Mookie Betts, Don Cheadle, uh, Larry Fitzgerald plays in this, Colt Ford, Macklemore, which shout out to Macklemore, uh, great rapper, great songwriter, uh, of course, but also one of my acquaintances and kids I went to school with, Keith Bennett. If you don't know him, look him up on Instagram. Really great teacher. He was Western Washington Teacher of the Year. He actually is Macklemore's personal teacher, so I indirectly know Macklemore is what you're getting from that statement. <laughs> but Yeah, we're boys with Macklemore's in it. This moral of that story. Yeah, Mia Hamm, of course, one of the favorites to watch, Bill, uh, Bill Murray, Schoolboy Q, Ray Romano, Darius Rucker, Steve Young, Alex Smith, and Jake Owen. So uh, what we're going to do real quick before we get into talking about this actual golf tournament is we're going to give you guys our top five. We're going to power rank the celebrity golfers. And maybe it's because uh, you want to golf with them. Maybe it's because they're just cool and you want to be around them. But Mitchell, why don't you start us off with number five in our power rankings of the AMs in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am? Um, if I had to pick one in my top five, uh, I would go, I'd go Colt Ford. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him, but he's kind of like a country, he's definitely a country artist, but then he can also like weirdly rap. Um, and he's a three handicap. So he's a really good stick, I think. And he just seems like a real, he seems like the John Daly of like country music just doesn't really give a shit super laid back. Um, also a part of the thick boys club, which I am head of. So, uh, I really like Colt Ford and I probably go with him at five. Yeah. Colt Ford is, like you said, he's a country artist, but he's kind of transformed the country game into a, 
rap like he he basically transformed country music into what he he he's country but he's not and he he kind of like was the first one to start that where it's like you're listening to a country song with you know uh, lyrics that kind of relate to that and then all of a sudden he busts like two bars and you're like whoa dude like (laughs) did i did the radio station change so yeah cole ford would be a fun one and like you said a guy that kind of seems like a beer drinking fun fun time to be around uh, number four overall, I'm going to go with Macklemore and not necessarily because of his fame. Um, a lot of these guys are guys and gals are just as famous as each other or, or just as, you know, popular in the media world as they are in the golf world. But I, uh, Macklemore has really has taken a love to the game of golf. He's, he's got his own company, Bogey Boys, that's out in Seattle. Like he's starting to create his own clothes that's different and unique. He's kind of taken an old school uh, take on new golf clothes and created his whole own clothing line. So not just seeing what he's like as a golfer, which he's currently a 12 handicap. So my boy Keith has been doing some work with him, getting him down to that, but just a guy that you would have a good time talking to. He's probably got some crazy things to talk about and he's truly loves the game of golf and is grinding to get better. I see videos of him taking lessons, doing playing lessons with Keith, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Macklemore is number four on our power ranked list of guys we'd want to play with this week at the pro-am. Um, so number three, ironically, he's also a three handicap is going to be Jake Owen, uh, the country music artist. And he has kind of gone like a little pop, little poppy. I'm not like huge on that. I prefer the, the country vibe, but, uh, I saw a picture of him this morning in his like golf outfit and he's got joggers on, which I can't <clears throat> kind of goes against everything in, in my, my body that I, I feel about golf and the way you dress, but he's a three handicap. He's a really good stick and he, he's a really good time and loves to talk shit. So I'd, uh, I'd, I'd definitely shit talk him, probably take some money out of his pocket and have a good old time out there with him and his joggers. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think when you're watching the tournament, of course, not all these guys are mic'd up and you don't hear all the things that go around the PGA tour, but there's a lot of money being thrown around at these. I guarantee you with these guys getting these yams, getting their handicaps and the pros that they're playing with. Um, and all, everybody here's got money, you know, these AMs clearly have money and, and obviously the professional golfers do, but I guarantee you there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of side action going around. And speaking of side action, It's time to talk to you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. Super Bowl 56 is finally here, and we do not have to watch Patrick Mahomes play another game. Thank God. In honor of the big game, DraftKings is giving you 56 to 1 odds. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if the team you pick to win the big game takes it home. If you're not a new customer, you can also get into the game with same-game parlays. So there's going to be a lot of bets, the national anthem, the color of the Gatorade, all this kind of stuff. You can parlay all this together for one giant payout. Don't forget, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw money whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and get 56 to 1 odds on either team in the Super Bowl. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Finishing up our power rankings of the AMs in the AT&T Preble Beach Pro-Am, I am going to go with, at number two overall, uh, our boy Ray Romano. First of all, he'd be hilarious to play with. 
Second of all, if you didn't ever watch Everybody Loves Raymond as a kid, I don't know what you're doing. Maybe that was just our mom that got us into that. But uh, Ray Romano was just an absolute legend on TV. And uh, he always he ends up getting like him and Bill Murray. This was a tough choice for me. I'm going to go. Maybe I'll just go with 2A and 2B of Bill Murray and Ray Romano. But both of those guys are just hilarious to be around. They have the cameras on them all week at the tournament. Uh, for good reason, because they bring ratings and they're, and they're funny. So, all right, Mitchell, who's our, our number one in the power rankings? Um, number one is going to be our, our Wyoming boy, Josh Allen. Uh, everybody knows he, he suffered a devastating loss um, in the divisional weekend against the Kansas city chiefs, unfortunately, and they should have won that football game. NFL overtime rules suck uh, other than for the Bengals, but we'll get into that a, di- a different time. Um, so, yeah, he would just be a blast. He's an electric athlete. It looks like he's a nine handicap. Uh, and if he wants to, I'm sure down the road, once he he uh, moves along in his career, he'll probably just get better and better at golf. And the dude's just a physical freak. And it seems like he's just a really down to earth, cool dude that I'd love to walk around for five hours with and just bullshit, you know? Yeah. And he so he actually turned down his Pro Bowl invite to play in this tournament this week. So oh, I'm sure, what a legend. So he, he said he needed his body, give his body time to rest and recover. So he's going to go play uh, Pebble beach for a few days. And uh, if you guys remember last year at Halloween, uh, we had NFL Sunday on Halloween. And so Josh Allen rolled up to uh, their, the Buffalo bills game dressed as Phil Mickelson and got a lot of love for that. So that was, it's pretty funny. And I'm sure Alan, you know, was playing a lot of golf back in his college days at some random Wyoming small golf courses, but uh, he's actually, hey, dude, no, that, that's not a ran. I, I played the Wyoming or the, the Laramie open at the fucking, uh, the Wyoming's golf course. It is kind of a little dog track muni, nothing to do with me shooting like 75 all three days and not cashing a check. But uh, <laughs> I forget what that place is called. It's like something Nelson Memorial golf course and it's it's pretty muni but uh yeah I, that's probably where josh was teeing it up in college and laramie well and josh has even used golf analogies um to describe his play in different interviews he said the type and we've all known he's got a cannon for an arm but he said quote the type of throws where i struggle are the underneath patterns where i've got to tone down my arm a little bit it's like i'm 100 yards out but i'm i'm have a four iron <laughs> so kind of funny that he's like relating golf to which is something that all these athletes do whether they're good at it or not is a different story but just one of those things where they can still kind of get out and, and enjoy the golf course so all right before yeah, we think- uh, uh, real real quick, I was going to say it's kind of like the rock star athlete comparison, but all within sports, like all rock stars want to be athletes and all athletes want to be rock stars. I think all professional sports players want to be golfers and all golfers want to be like sports stars, like baseball players, football players, shit like that. So I think all these professional sports players are low key jealous of these pro golfers. <laughs> Oh, a hundred percent. Like, and, and you said just the other way around, like these pro golfers would love to be on TV or when they're watching NFL football, they'd love to be, um, <laughs> basically the, the guys that are out there and everybody's watching and everybody's cheering for. So, all right. Great analogy into- by me, credit to me, whatever. Yeah. Big, big credits over to you there. They're sudsy. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's get into the, picks and our big bet energy picks for this week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. 
So first of all, I'm going to start with my winner. And one of the stats that I really liked, I looked at um, this week for Pebble Beach is how, how good are these guys at hitting uh, greens and regulation? So greens and regulation percentage was a big thing for me in my picks. And my winner, I'm going to take Jason Day. And Jason Day has always played well at Pebble, first of all. He was kind of a guy that a lot of people forgot about. And um, he burst back onto the scene last week. It seems like his, his uh, <clears throat> excuse me, seems like his game and his back have come back Stated into out. form. <laughs> seems like his back is rounding into form and he's not, uh, you know, wincing and giving the Tiger wince and, not always hurt. So Jason Day is plus 1800 to win this tournament. I really wanted to take Patrick Cantlay because he's by far and away the best player in this tournament, but the odds of plus 650 on the DraftKings Sportsbook, I just can't get myself to take a golfer uh, at plus 650 in a golf tournament. So if Patrick Cantlay wins, you heard it here first. Uh, I really wanted to pick him, but I don't, I just can't do it in a, in a golf tournament where you never know what's going to happen. Well, thank you for that whole word salad there, Spencer. Um, I'm going to go with that was, Maverick a, that was a word buffet. Yeah, that was a full on fucking rotten to or what red, fresh green tomatoes. Is that that buffet place? That was a whole ass buffet of them. Um, I'm going Maverick McNeely plus 2200. And my reasoning is his dad is uh, like a fucking venture capitalist tycoon and he owns a, a place on pebble beach it's about a 50 million dollar house so i'm gonna guess maverick mcneely knows his way around there he's hung out a little bit on the on the west coast and played played quite a bit he's a stanford boy shocker there um so he he n definitely knows the area knows the kind of golf and plus 2200 not too bad he could uh break out this week yeah and he made a hole in one last week actually too so he's he's not only knows the golf course dad lives on it, but he's playing some, uh, playing some good golf. So could be a 100%. good pick there in, in Maverick McNeely. Uh, my top 10 this week sitting at plus two fifty, is a guy that has also been playing some pretty solid golf and, uh, seems to play well at Pebble beach. You know, it's just a guy I kind of look at as, as having some good results here and that's Cameron Tringale. So take Cameron Tringale plus two fifty to top 10 on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yeah, and he's a California boy too, so I think he's got some of those vibes going. Um, my top 10 this week, plus 350, I'm rolling with Kiz, Kevin Kisner again. Uh, I just really like his game. He keeps it in the fairway. He hits greens. He can wedge it as good as anybody, and that's kind of what Pebble is. It's not a, a big bomber's course. There's that little stretch kind of in the middle of the course where you do hit a few long irons, but he just is always in really good control of his golf ball, and if he makes a few putts, I think he's, he's going to be right in the mix this week. Yeah. And, and like I was saying, you know, how green and reg percentage is really important. Kevin Kisner is actually second in the field this week on the PGA tour in green and reg percentage, just behind Patrick Cantlay, who's number one overall on PGA on the PGA tour. Um, but in this field this week, Kevin Kisner sixth overall on tour at 77.43% and second in the field. And we're going to go down just, a couple of percentage points for my long shot this week, a guy that's one on two or multiple times. Uh, one of my favorite players in just that he's kind of a, he's kind of a lunatic, uh, got a lot of issues or off the course, but fun to watch on the course and uh, has a great beard, looks horrible without it. Take Lucas Glover plus 8,000. 
He is uh, 77.14% green and reg percentage, played a lot in this past PGA Tour season, um, and has found himself close, uh, Not obviously not winning a tournament in, in a little while, did win on the fall swing last year, but hitting a lot of greens in regulation, playing some okay golf right now, uh, take Lucas Glover plus 8,000 in the PGA Tour Pebble Beach Pro-Am. What's up with you and these fucking word salads here? Dude, it's uh, early, bro. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not mentally here. <laughs> okay, I'm only so half my, a cup of coffee in. What a treat! Uh, my other pick is going to be Grayson Sig as a long shot. I just I like the dude's energy. We saw him at the Corn Ferry Tour event here at TPC uh, Colorado this last season, and he's just like kind of just fucking hit it and get after it and keep moving. And I really like his, his style and his game and. I think he's actually, I think he finished top 10 at the American Express or he had a, a pretty good showing out there. And he obviously had a very good season last year on the Corn Ferry Tour to propel him to the PGA Tour. So uh, maybe a little breakout week this week, plus 8,000. I like those odds. I love it. Love it. So, all right, we're going to go to our tweet of the week real quick before we finish up this podcast. Max Homa had a good one. That's also on our cutting room floor. Honorable mention. He talked about getting cut on a Thursday. He's like, I've never got cut on a Thursday before. So that's pretty cool. Um, and he was actually two under, so it's not like he played that bad of golf. Uh, but our tweet of the week is coming from Byung-Hun Ann. And this was talking about the, uh, the ladies tournament uh, club pro guy tweeted out some stuff about a girl, uh, that marathon runners could run a half a mile quicker than this one. I think it was Lydia Ko hit a putt. Um, but he said, uh, game of golf is not about playing fast is to shoot low scores, dot, dot, dot. But if you take long time to hit and miss, it's a shit show to watch. <laughs> so our tweet of the week going out to young hun and clearly not English is not his first language. Great tweet though. And, uh, he had the laughing face emoji at the end. So getting into that PIP. I like that. Bringing, bringing a little bit of shit talk into the game even though yeah like spencer said it was the, the just the way you read it is funny too because he's just some conjunctions are left out of there and whatever it's just straight into the point like slow golf is not fun yeah exactly all right that's gonna wrap it up for this week's edition of big drive energy uh mitchell is in 70 degrees south carolina and got to get to a tea time unfortunately for me i'm going to be not shoveling because i live in an apartment but looking at snow all day and the high here is 19 so uh go enjoy your rounds of golf man let's uh let's see some of that content and uh, he's getting to play the ocean course at kiwa on friday so definitely follow us on tiktok if you haven't at big drive energy we're going to start doing course reviews in tiktok fashion um, and for all of you guys, enjoy the at t Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Enjoy watching some of the AMs, hit some shitty shots. I'm sure they'll feature some of those. Bill Murray being crazy. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>